Hey everyone, thanks for listening. In 2024, AI continues to redefine the professional landscape, with 64% of companies adopting some form of AI technology to streamline operations. This trend revolutionizes traditional career paths and paves the way for innovative roles centered around AI. Generative AI has also become a popular tool in resume development and job analysis for those seeking new opportunities. Although 77% of people are concerned that AI will cause job loss next year, according to the World Economic Forum, research estimates that AI will create 97 million new jobs over the next five years. In this episode, Ben Gold an AI consultant and author of Find Your Next Job with ChatGPT and Using AI to Grow Your Fraternity and Sorority, joins us to discuss the ever-evolving landscape of AI and careers. I'm excited to announce my new companion book, Customer Transformation for Nonprofits, based on my best-selling seven-stage framework. This book adapts proven strategies to the unique challenges of nonprofit organizations, guiding you to build deeper connections with your stakeholders. It's packed with real-world case studies from leading nonprofits like the Red Cross, Charity Water, the International Game Developers Association, all providing actionable insights for digital engagement and stakeholder loyalty. For anyone in the nonprofit sector, this book is an invaluable tool for fostering growth, innovation, and enduring relationships. To support the show, visit chrishood.com slash show, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, follow us on social media, or you can email me directly, show at chrishood.com. I'm Chris Hood, and let's get connected. Connecting. Access granted. It's the Chris Hood Digital Show. Where global business and technology leaders meet to discuss strategy, innovation, and digital acceleration. Five, four, three, two, one. Your digital evolution starts now. Here's your host, Chris Hood. Welcome to the show, Ben. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yes. So my name is Ben Gold, and I have 20 years of experience in the technology space. 12 of them are in the HR technology. And the last five years, I've been working with the company I was with, with a AI product. So earlier this year, I was let go. And I started this journey as a job seeker. And I spent the first couple of months leveraging this new tool, ChatGPT that helped me to create these hyper-personalized cover letters and, and interview preparation. And I found that this whole process after three months, I was just so unwieldy between the LinkedIn easy apply, then recruiters coming with me and going on websites. Even with Excel spreadsheets, it just became very difficult to keep track of all this activity. So I came up with this idea to create a startup. The startup is the idea of of creating a CRM like experience where job seekers have a single place to go, be able as they move through the process to be able to get AI career coaching 
that is through an API to, at this point, to chat GPT, but could, could easily be done at any other large language model. And the idea is to, is to give the job seeker this, uh, this instant feedback and tools to, to be able to do a better job search. The team that I created, we are, we've created a prototype and we are actively engaged with investors to, uh, to get funding. So that is where that particular initiative is. Now, simultaneously, I've created a consulting company that I have begun to go out and do webinars, coaching, and speaking both to students, career counselors, and job seekers to understand, because I feel like that's really important to understand that side of the equation of, of, of what would be, what would resonate. And I will tell you that, that like one of the things is that when I, it is a, it is shocking to be sitting in front of, of a group of people and to realize 50% of the people have never seen chat GPT. And I would say, Hey, give me your resume. Here's a job description. Let me show you what it can do. And then have gasps in the audience while AI is thinking, like, I feel like I'm Morpheus giving everybody a red pill. And I found that that's my sweet spot is, is that while I do follow all the tech trends and I know, and I I feel like I'm pretty good at being a prompt engineer and understanding that I I feel like there's this massive need to bridge the gap between this 50%, I'm going to say 50% of the population that doesn't know what generative AI. And then there's this 10% that is just going you know, going ballistic with it and doing these things that are mind boggling and it's going to impact the, the, the world. So uh, one thing I did was I created my, uh, I wrote my book, uh, find your next job with chat GPT as a response, because everyone kept asking me what, well, how do you do a prompt for de- defining your career goals? How do you do a prompt for networking, for preparing for interviews? And I just said, be easier just to write a book. Here it is. And you get all the information. This is going to be a fabulous conversation and I think a relevant conversation. Currently today, 6.4 million people are unemployed in the United States. So there's a lot of people out there looking for jobs and trying to leverage artificial intelligence, I'm, I'm sure, in that process. But it also brings up some interesting questions because there's two sides to this. There are actual careers in artificial intelligence or there's artificial intelligence that is helping you find a career. And somewhere in the middle, there's this interesting connection. How should AI be a part of my resume? Do we believe that you should be showing that you have an experience or background in AI as you're applying for jobs? Obviously, there's a lot of different types of jobs out there, but how relevant is AI in that resume piece today? So I, I, I have a philosophy. I call it AI first. I go to a number of job fairs, number of, of career events, and it shocks me that people will kind of talk about AI as this thing that's, that's out there, like, hey, use ChatGPT to write a cover letter. But AI first means, number one, whatever it is you're doing, look at, at the AI trends. So what that means is subscribe to a number of, of newsletters. I have a weekly newsletter. There's a bunch of daily ones that talk about overall trends. Understand if you've never used AI, and I know your audience is more sophisticated, but I always tell people, stop what you're doing, sign up with ChatGPT and start using it because this is the future. This is not a, tr- this is not a fad. Number three is by doing that, you should absolutely put that in your resume 
that you know generative AI, chat GPT, regardless of whether that, that needs to be there because you asked me about relevance. I will tell you this, that it will not guarantee you're going to get a job, but but the, that I, I have some examples. I have a, one of my partner business partners, she was telling me, and she's a marketing expert, that she was helping advise a company that was looking to hire and they had four finalists and each of them, they asked, do you use chat GPT? Two of them said, nah, my niece uses it. Uh, and she said the moment they said no, the eyes of the hiring manager glazed over, the interview was over. So this, so my philosophy is use it, learn AI because you need to learn it on how to get a job, but you need to learn AI to keep the job. Because every employer is asking this question, how do I implement AI into my company? Now, there's a couple of different ways that corporations are doing this. So number one, you get uh, the vendors like Amazon, Google, LinkedIn, they're all building this generative AI into their platform so that some corporations can incorporate it that way. However, my recommendation for every employee, like if you're a sales rep, Master Chat GPT. You've got an upcoming. You have an upcoming sale. There's so many ways you can get really concise information and insights before your presentation. And again, as a job seeker, like when I'm doing an interview, I will take the social media profile and put it into to Chat GPT. Put that, compare that against my resume, the job description, and say, give me five icebreaker questions. Tell me five things I'm going to be asked and rate my answer. So there's all these different ways that you can use generative AI to prepare yourself for a job. And then, and then once you get it to keep it. I think that example that you shared is really fabulous Four people all for the same role. Two of them say no to chat GPT. Two of them basically say yes. And they move on. That demonstrates that there is a need for understanding AI and I recognize this. There's a lot of people who come to me and ask, okay, I need AI, but can you provide me a use case? Give me a very specific use case where I can execute that. And there's still a lack of understanding, I think, in some areas with exactly what AI can do. Now, from a career's perspective, you started to touch on some of those. You talked about cover letter writing. You talked about resume writing. Can we dive into that just a little bit more? Uh, yeah, so I really there's six stages, six main stages. There's the so you have you have three that are your internal preparation. So for example, um, I have over the years done a lot of career advice for different friends uh, that just out of the goodness of my heart, that's something that I've helped them with their resumes. It used to take me one week to one month to help somebody define their career goals because defining career goals was such an arduous thing. Where what do you like? What's out there? What are the things? Now, when I have students, and I, I actually had a, have a cousin that I haven't talked to in many, or we haven't discussed this, and he said, can you help me with this? And in one hour, we were able to do what used to take me a month. And that is, he put, his re he put an old resume. I said, give me everything you've done since and what you like to do. And, I, and then went to ChatGPT and said, based on this resume and these other activities, give me a compatibility analysis with five career choices, give it to me as a percentage, and then give me a two-paragraph explanation of why. And so then it was able to say, well, this person is good for project management, 95% compatibility because of this. Sales leadership, you know, 90%. And it went on. And so that, and and I can do this. And and it, it's, uh, and I've done this with several students where they're four or five months in, 
And then all of a sudden, like, oh, I never thought of pursuing this career or this path. And so I'm like, start with AI. If, you know, that's the very first thing. So, so we talked about the six things. The first one is career goals. The second is your resume uh, optimization. The third one is your LinkedIn profile optimization. You can do all of that to kind of to get yourself out there. Then when we're talking about actually being in the job there or, or some of the elements, there's the networking because there's a whole thing of where you can go onto the social media, take the social media profile of somebody you don't know. And what is your goal to get a 30 minute meeting to see if there's a job available in their organization. And it'll actually help you with the 300 character limit to actually give an introduction to say, Hey, Joe, I noticed you do this and really make a v- something that they don't press X, but they'll actually want to talk to you. So that's networking is the fourth one. Applying for a job, which is everything from looking at your compatibility to, in, to writing your cover letter, that's the fifth. And then the sixth is your interview preparation, being able to truly do that and get to the point where you get an offer. You could say number seven, which is offer evaluation, looking through how the offer is compared to the there there but again i I see that i focus on the first six because that's really where people want to get is to where they're they're given an offer i like some of these in here because they are some things that people typically either skip or don't think about so career advice as an example as you were talking i just typed into chat gpt provide me with 10 questions for career advice for marketing and it came up with 10 questions and it's using a scale from one to five And it's trying to assess and provide me with things to consider in a career in marketing. The other one that you suggested was interviewing. I'm sure if I said, conduct a mock interview for me for this job, and I provided a description of the job, ChatGPT will come and ask questions. And it gives me an opportunity to think about how I might answer those questions in an interview. On the interview one, if you put your resume, the job description, and then the social media profile, then you're going to get a much better one than if it, you just have a job description, because then that profile and you say, and you give it a good, a good prompt, like, like, I now have an interview with this person. Give me the five icebreaker questions. Give me the five questions they're going to, you think they're going to ask me. I mean, you can begin to, to give it like where it's hyper personalized. This is happening on both sides. The interviewer and the interviewee can leverage ChatGPT to help them in that process. Absolutely. And that's and that's where it is where where it shocks me to see the number of people that don't leverage that. And these are typically what I found is that people that are in their uh, 40s and above that are a lot a lot of executives, marketing executives, HR executives who are most affected where, where generative AI is, is causing displacement have not mastered generative AI. It's just, it's very shocking to me. Do you have a feeling as to why? My, my broad feeling is there's some fear. So uh, for example, I was just talking to these two students that are in Canada and I told them, I said, how is your university preparing you for the, the, the generative AI world? And they said, our university has banned chat GPT and nobody talks about generative AI. So there's this part of fear, some fear of the unknown. And people are thinking, well, if we put our head in the sand and ignore it, it'll go away. Okay. And then there's just this other people that are not, let's say, techno- technologically savvy. And they just simply are saying, 
it's not my style. And so I've had met a lot of those. And I'm like, look, you don't have to be technological savvy to set up an account with ChatGPT and start treating it like your counselor. Like you want to go somewhere. Hey, where are the top five places to go in Mexico? But get even more deep. Give me an itinerary and I'm looking to be on the beach. Whatever it is that you start finding that that uh, that this reticence is, is like not realizing how generative AI is permeating every element of our society and within the business, within the, the enterprise communities. Well, there's a correlation that's missing. The, the correlation is, is that ChatGPT, as an example, although intelligent and can come up with more robust answers, is really nothing different than Google. You go to Google and ask questions all the time. So you said top five places to visit in Mexico. I could go and ask Google that exact same question, and I'm going to get various websites that are going to provide me with suggestions and even example itineraries and excursions that I can go on. The difference here is that you, when I do it inside of Google, have to do the research. You're going to have to go to each website, click on what that website says, analyze it, determine if it makes sense for you, where ChatGPT actually does that search for you, compiles all that information and outputs an example itinerary. And if you say top five places to visit in Mexico and it gives you five lists, you can always say, give me a different five and it's going to provide you another five. It can be a little overwhelming just in terms of the information or the belief that the first response is the correct answer, which also is not always the case. So I'm going to say that you've touched upon two concepts. The first one is, you know, Google's been around for many years. AI has been around. What I think is radically different is that like, if I think back to a year and a half ago, imagine, I imagine the job that I was doing a year and a half ago, if I could take chat GPT today. So imagine that I put where we are today, I could probably be 30 to 40% more efficient just because like, I think of an RFP, a request for proposal took hours and hours and hours. You could do that in, in minutes. You could answer each question. There's all these different things that I, projects I worked on that suddenly are, are much easier. So companies can fire people, stay efficient because they're able to get the work done through the improved efficiency that generative AI offers. Now, the second point you mentioned, which I think is an interesting one that I, I teach to a lot of students is this idea of, of what are the inputs to really get good output for generative AI. And you have two components. You have the prompt and you have the contextual data. The prompt is your command. So for example, what you mentioned, like give me some meals, typically it's not going to be, you're not going to get a good output when you say, tell me where to go to give them general stuff. But if you say here is, you know, the, the, the prompt being give me a vegetarian meal and then contextual data might be uh, some of the recipes you've used or some other things about you personally. Usually in the, uh, you know, then, then you put those two things together. Now you're going to get a, a very specific uh, uh, response that's really good. And I think one of the things that happens is a lot of people will put on chat GPT. They'll try two or three things. They'll say, write me a cover letter without, any, without putting the resume or something. And of course, it comes up with very generalized stuff. Uh, but if, but then they, and they say, ah, this is no better than, than something else, but they don't, they don't understand how to use the tool. But when you do, it's, 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 it's a, you know, the more, the more that, that, that you can be prescriptive to it, the better, the better the, the output is. Yeah. And that's a good segue into careers that we're starting to see. One of the big one is 
prompt engineer. It's the understanding of how to word things to get the best results. What you're talking about is formulating a conversational style question in order to maximize the output and the value for a business. This is a huge job opportunity that is popping up everywhere. Do you see other similar types of jobs, at least from a foundational perspective of companies who are trying to integrate AI and they're looking for talent to be able to do it? Absolutely. That's a, that's a great question because usually when a new disruptive technology comes, we always say that, hey, some jobs are going to be lost. So when the car was invented, the horse carriage uh, providers, they, they lost their jobs, but now they can make cars. So the question is, when certain positions are going to go away because content creation now is far more efficient, are we going to have new AI-related jobs? I think there's going to be some. So prompt engineers is an interesting one because I've actually I was looking for prompt engineers. There's not a lot of jobs that say specifically, hey, we want to hire someone who knows how to engineer a prompt. It's more usually they'll 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 delegate that to somebody that's already working there that's tech savvy per se. So I think that the the kinds of jobs, new jobs that are generated are implicit that you know you have either a uh, a role skill like you're a salesperson or you're a marketing executive or you have an industry vertical you're in finance real estate and you understand ai and that you can help implement help the company to implement certain kinds of of either applications or to somehow use generative ai inside of the in, of the internal processes so I'm not sure if there'll be like an actual job description. I've seen a few for prompt engineers, but I think it's it's that you the understanding thing is that you ha- you need to understand your industry and something with generative AI. What are the skills? If if somebody is sitting here thinking, yes, I want to get into AI, I've got 20 years of experience in this. How do I structure my resume? How do I get into that field? And what are the transferable skills that I can show I can do this so I know I can help you do that? That's a great question. Uh, what I'll say is that in my book uh, that I, I have in it uh, the 60-day plan, like how do you go from not knowing anything, like I've never logged into ChatGPT, and how can I become, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'd use the word expert, because the thing is, is that because it's so new, if you took 60 days, two hours a day, to focus on generative AI, you would be well-versed. I, I like the way you put this, where, where you can put it on your resume, you can talk about it because that really is two hours of curiosity per day where you're reading, where you're going into chat GPT, you're, you're experimenting, you're listening to webinars, you're uh, subscribed to different newsletters. And, and I believe in 60 days, you can be at that point where you can, in an interview, say, yes, um, I've been studying the the five main tools that are used in marketing. This is a tool that I've that I've played with, or that I've I understand that helps with SEO. Here's 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 what I use for content creation. Yeah, go ahead. There's a lot of these apps out there that you can get a free subscription to or a free test trial, and and do it. Take take as much advantage to learn about the innovation, and so that's the way where this is all new. And there's really, it's hard for someone to be more well-versed than someone else because like this last week was monumental. Just the announcement of, of 
chat GPT that you can take a picture and, and that, you know, now, I, I mean, my, my son was able to do all of his geometry homework from a single, from a single picture uh, that, that does everything on there. I mean, that is astounding when you think about how, about uh, every time there's a new innovation, I think of how many workers are going to get displaced because of this new innovation. And with Dolly three coming out, so graphic design is, you know, becomes less, it becomes more of a commodity than a skill. You get you this as as this technology gets smarter, better, and more d- refined. You have to ask the question: Okay, how do I fit into this? Well, I think the unfortunate side is that the more we use AI, I see also, you know, I hate to say it in this way, but the dumbing down of our experiences, right? Because critical thinking is a great example. I was having a conversation with somebody else about critical thinking, and I argued that you can apply your basic critical thinking skills into prompt engineering for artificial intelligence because it's an understanding of something beyond what you really are asking for. And yet, at the same time, we also see most people are just leveraging AI and becoming more lazy and thinking less. So there's this really interesting conflict that's happening where you need these skills to use AI, but then the results of AI are making us more lazy and really our skill sets in a lot of areas are starting to decline. And even in the classes that I teach on AI, you see that the responses and the education level and the amount of expectations around AI is drastically going down because they don't have to do anything anymore, right? I don't know if that is a narrative on the overall education value of our university systems or if it's on AI and the practices that we have with AI, but there's definitely a correlation, which I think is very challenging for businesses. I, I've got to say that's that is such an interesting philosophical conversation because as AI gets smarter, are we going to lose our graphic designers? Are we going to lose our actual storyteller write authors who write these epic things? I mean, it's hard to write something now without getting an AI, even an AI uh, check of it. Hey, you know, I wrote this. Can you take a look at it? See if you can make it better. And I do. That is a great question. Is that there? That it, then one day there might be this competition of who can write a book without any AI help, and you have to actually have have it monitored twenty four hours a day because we have AI in our glasses and in our chips and anything like that. I mean, it is a it's a, a fascinating question. I think what's interesting is all the people out there, like the universities, who have disconnected ChatGPT, and they are either fearful of it or they're concerned about privacy or copyright protection and. You get a lot of people that we've got a lot of uh, writers right now suing OpenAI for ChatGPT and copyright infringement. And I follow several writing communities and, and every single one of them are like, well, man, stop using ChatGPT, stop using AI to help you write. And then I chime in. If you've ever used a grammar checker or a plagiarism checker in the last 10 years, you've used AI. Most of us worldwide have used AI in one way or the other. You just don't know you've been using it. It's Google search. 
AI is Netflix recommending the, the next movie. It's Amazon trying to sell you a new product. That's AI in the background that we've lived with for 60 years. And now what, what I say is that generative AI is the democratization of AI. It's the unleashing it to the masses in a way that, that makes it under, the powers more understandable. Democratization of AI, exactly it. How can people get in touch with you? So my website is bengoldai.com. There, if somebody wants to get my book, I have links there. If somebody wants to get to have a one-on-one meeting or if they want me to speak to their group, then there are links in that website in order to be able to do that. I love outreach to job seeker groups or anyone else who is who wants to learn more about AI. Appreciate it so much. Fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. And of course, thanks to all of you who are listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review. Your feedback helps us improve and grow. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, you can connect with us throughout social media and online at Chris Hood Show. And please share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, or anyone else looking to grow their business and start their own digital evolution. Until next week, take care and stay connected.